Good morning, Crestview family. Thank you for coming to worship with us today. I'm glad to have you with us. Thank you for coming out on this. We, we are really working into these fall Sundays. It's really nice outside. It's windy. The leaves are on the ground. It's really beautiful, the picture God paints out there. Um, I just want to start us off with a couple announcements. First, if you're a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you. There are some cards in the pews that say visitor card. If you'd fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate, just so we can get to know you a little better, that'd be great. Um, few th quite a few things coming up. Um, don't forget about our Wednesday night Bible studies this week. Um, youth and children out in the building, uh, adults up here. Um, this coming Saturday, we are going to be going, uh, we're going to be meeting here around, uh, well, say 515 here at the, ch at the church on Saturday. And we are going to be heading out to uh, Bowling Springs Baptist Church where a couple of our neighbor churches are putting on a community youth rally. So um, come out to that. You don't need any money. Supper's provided. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be over. I, I anticipate being back around 8, 15, 8, 30. But if your kids come, I'll just text you when we leave and head back this way. Um, Tuesday, October the 17th, that is this Tuesday, the Crestview Seniors are going to be going to have a full day of shenanigans, right? <laughs> full day of shenanigans. So watch out. If you, if you see that band riding along, watch them closely. You never know what kind of trouble they're going to get into. Um, let's see. Uh, our fall festival is coming up at the end of the month. Um, it is just two weeks away from yesterday, so uh, there's a thing in here in the bulletin about some items that I need, uh, empty two-liter bottles, uh, cupcakes for a cakewalk if you're interested, if you can bake. Um, I needed a couple pumpkins and uh, candy, candy, and more candy, and that's just for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I don't think I have any more announcements. Let's see if Miss Sanders got anything back here. Miss Sanders got something. After that, I'm going to turn it over to Preacher Artie for prayer. Thursday night, our WMU will be meeting at Pam Hemrick's house, and uh, Joey has um, an invitation. So if every lady here, uh, youth, doesn't matter if you're a female, you are invited. She will have uh, all the information, the time, uh, where, even the directions are on there. So if you'll see Joey after church, make sure you get the information because we would love to have you. We got to plan our... Uh, Lottie Moon auction and meal. So it's going to be a, a big meeting. So see Joy after church. Good morning. Um, I do have to recognize somebody this morning. And I know it thrills this young man's mom and dad's heart having him home. But Jaden Lee is home from fall break, which is great to have him. I, I, I know that David is excited to have him back. I don't know about Linda too much. Are you excited, Linda? I'm still 
I tell you what, when you have kids that leave home for the first time and they come back, it is very exciting. You are honestly so glad that one of them has left. <laughs> but then you're even more excited that when they come back. So it is great to have Jaden. Welcome home, Jaden. I'm glad to have him. I know Sandra's excited to have him. Where'd she go? There you are. Excited to have him back in the choir. But as we begin our time of worship this morning, we need to start the way that all worship should start. And that is to going to God in prayer. So if you'd please join me this morning as we begin our time of worship together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, today's already been a busy day. And there's been so many things that have happened already today. And dear Lord, we've got things going on after the service, business meeting and, and plans with families. But dear Lord, that business is not why we are here in this service right now. We are here gathered as Your people to worship You. Dear Lord, I ask that Your Spirit moves in this place this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that You calm us. Calm me this morning, dear Lord. We ask that You take all of the distractions that life throws at us and just for this short time that we are able to forget about those and focus solely on You. Dear Lord, that You receive honor and glory for everything that occurs here today through our prayers, through our songs that we sing, through what is said, Your Word being spoken this morning. That everything points to You. Dear Lord, move in us this morning as we worship Your name. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Let us continue to worship our Lord and Savior as we stand and sing, Brethren, we have met to worship. Hymn number 379. Would you stand please? Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God.
worshiping through giving of our tithes and our offerings. <coughs> Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, you've always <laughs> blessed us. You've always been good to us. You have always loved us. Now we want to give back to you a small portion. I ask that you bless this gift and the giver, for it is your name, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, 384, The Bond of Love. <laughs> start off I got something hold on let me get it ready here I gotta do a little trivia question I got a prize right here okay all right I'm first one to raise your hands how many books are in the Bible Isabel no no how many no a hundred okay what is 60 60 something 66. All right, Izzy got it. All right. So Izzy gets his cash prize of $10. What's wrong with that? You don't like that? Why don't you like that? Why? She don't like her cash prize, you guys. What's, what's wrong? What's wrong with this cash prize? It's, it's not money. It's, it is money right there. It says 10, 10. It's even gotten God we trust on it. You don't, so it's not what? But what is it? So if it's not, it's not what? It's not, it's not 
It's not real, right? It's not real. So today in Children's Church, we are going to be talking about a guy named Elijah. And he was going up against some guys and they, had, they worshipped a God who wasn't real. And they went head to head to prove their God was real. And like Elijah gave them all these opportunities and we're going to talk about them later. But then in the end, just like that $10 bill, their God wasn't real. It was just somebody they made up to worship. And guess what we do here at church? We worship the one true God. Isn't that awesome? And listen, when Elijah, when Elijah proved that they had the one true God, I want you to listen to what happened. First Kings, First Kings 18.39 says this. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. So listen, it is going to be our job as believers to go out and proclaim who God is. Because you're going to go out into the world and there are going to be a lot of people who, who worship and follow gods that aren't real. But we know in our hearts that we worship the one true God. Right? So, just like that $10 bill wasn't real, all these people who worship all these other things, not real. Not going to get them nowhere. And we're going to talk about that more in a little bit and what it means to serve the one true God, okay? And we're going to look at this cool story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. So let's pray, and I'm going to have you guys sit right there, okay? God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these guys and girls that are here. Thank you for their enthusiasm for, the, for you and their enthusiasm for being here at church. And we're just so grateful for their input into conversations and their <laughs> willingness to learn the gospel. Lord, I love you and I praise you. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We have all been on the mountaintop sometime in our life. Life has been good. Our health is good. Our job is going great. Our kids are doing exactly what we ask them to do. Our parents are great, and they're there to babysit. The church, you can just feel the spirit of the Lord in the church. And then it just seems like you fell off of that mountaintop and hit the valley. It all happens, it seems like, at one time. We lose a loved one. We get a diagnosis that we didn't want to hear. Our parents start declining. Our kids... Well, we just can't believe they did what they did. Our jobs, they start letting people go, and we wonder if we're next. We turn the TV on, and we hear the news that Israel is attacked. And we are like, can't take anymore. What's next? So circumstances may be very difficult in your life. For some of you, it's right now. But God can take the bad, and he can bring good out of it. So even in the worst of your times, you can trust this. God has a good purpose. God has a good plan. And God has a good reason. So just like he's good on the mountaintop, 
He's good in the valley.
Two years ago yesterday was when we lost Bruce Bridges. This morning as Jackie was rushing around getting ready for church, something fell out of her Bible. She looked down and there was a piece of paper with a lighthouse on it. And she picked it up and quickly she saw Bruce's handwriting. She thought, oh, can't read that now, can't read that now. <laughs> so we read it together. It was a love letter from Bruce that Jackie had never seen. And he told her he was the luckiest man in the world. So Jackie had a rough day yesterday, and God allowed her to read that letter today. God's good. Isn't God amazing? I'd heard that story already this morning. And I knew that yesterday was that anniversary. But the fact that that letter stuck in her Bible for this long and God allowed it to fall out at just the perfect time when she needed it most. That's the way God is. Well, today we're going to continue looking at the creed and we're getting toward the end of the creed. But today's sermon, understand when I read the title of this sermon, you have to bear with me so I can explain what is actually being said here. But this is my creed, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. And I want us to start off by turning to Revelation chapter 7. We're going to look at two verses, verses 9 and 10. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And if you could stand as I read this in honor of the reading of God's Word. This is what we see the Apostle John writing about his revelation that God gave him. And this is talking about those that are gathered up. Those that accepted Christ during the Great Tribulation. So, But listen to what, how it describes the, this group. In verses 9 and 10 of chapter 7, it says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm, and palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank You for what we see recorded here about the people that are brought together in Your name during the Great Tribulation. Lord, thank You for what we see John writing. Help us to understand what it is we believe about the church. 
And it's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Well, as I've started every section of the Creed, the Apostles' Creed, with the facts. So here are the facts that we need to take a look at and understand. The first is about the Holy Catholic Church. This word Catholic does not refer to the largest denomination in the world. The richest religious organization in the world. The Roman Catholic Church. That is not what this is referring to. You see, this word literally is an ancient Greek word. It is Catholicus. Okay, there it is. Catholicus. And it literally means universal. Okay, universal. So when we say we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, what we are saying is that we believe in the Holy Universal Church. This word is an adjective describing the church. But the universal church does not mean universalist. You know, we have a, a group that call themselves Unitarian Universalist. What they believe in the universalist church is that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. And that Buddha and Muhammad and all these other leaders along with Jesus Christ are all the same. And so if you go into a universalist church, you will have all these religious symbols. You will have all, everything there together being the same thing. It does not mean that everybody that walks this earth or have or ever has walked the earth or will walk the earth are saved and going to heaven. I'm going to make something very clear to you. Yes, every human being was created in the image of God. But not every human being is a child of God. The idea that we are all God's children is a myth and a lie. We are not. We have been created into the image of God, but only those that accept Jesus Christ as their personal image have been a, or their personal Savior have been adopted into the family of God. So that's not what this means. This does, however, cause a big problem. The idea of a universal church does cause a big problem for those that do not see the church existing outside of the local congregation. There are many people, many Baptists believe there is actually a, 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 a doctrine that's called uh, landmarkism that started in the 1800s where they believe that there is no church outside of the local Baptist church. And it even it went to the extent that these landmarkism churches do not even accept baptism outside of that church. So if you were a member of another Baptist church, you were baptized by submersion, and you came to join the church, you would have to be rebaptized into that church because they see all other churches as being false. 
The idea of the universal church causes a big issue for the people that hold that belief that the church does not exist outside of the local congregation. The second part of what we're looking at today is the communion of saints. This is not talking about praying to or communing with those that have died. This is not praying in the name or praying to a saint. This is not praying to Mary. This is not praying to St. Peter or St. Andrew or any of these other saints that have passed on. That is not what this is talking about. This statement, as the previous one about the Holy Catholic Church and everything that follows is all part of the same section and it's separated by commas. And it is referring to the church and the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. Okay, We have to understand that. It's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. And we also have to remember this. That this creed and every statement in the creed was written in a response to combat heretical teachings or com- combat heresy. There were a lot of churches that were springing up saying they were the true way. That the Gnostics, that they knew better. They knew how to live. They were, the same thing today. There's always something new popping up. And we've even got to these points where people say we have to deconstruct our faith to truly understand that we have to to get away from the Old Testament, that we have to do all these different things to, to get right with God. That is the whole purpose that they they wrote the Apostles' Creed so that we could have a foundation of what we believe and understand why we believe it. So, let's continue. And these two statements, the Holy Catholic Church and the communion, communion of saints, or the communion of the saints, these are three aspects of the church. And we're going to look at each one of these. There's three aspects of the church. The first is that the church is holy. You see, Jesus made the church holy. This is the verse we're going to look at. These verses are not commonly talked about as being part of the church or about the church, but it truly is. Look at Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the what? Church and gave Himself up for her so that He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word. This word sanctified here. It literally is defined. The definition of sanctified is the act of making holy. So Jesus Christ gave Himself up for the church to sanctify her, to make the church holy. 
And by doing so, set the example for how husbands are supposed to love their wives. And true believers are made holy through the work of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand this. And we've said, I've said this many times. And you've heard other preachers say this. This building is not the church. This is the church house. But it's not the church. What is the church? We are the church. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for this building. He died on the cross for us. We are the church. And because we are the church, each individual that makes up the church is also considered holy or should be holy. 1 Corinthians 3, 16-17 says this, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. You are holy because of the work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1, 14-16 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And then 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So not only did Jesus make the church as a whole holy, but we as individual members of the church are called to be holy. Jesus Christ has set us apart and the work of the Holy Spirit in us is what makes us holy. Does that mean that we get it right all the time? No. But we are not to conform ourselves to the ways of the world, but other transform ourselves into the likeness of Christ. See, the early church, the ones that wrote this, they understood that the church was holy. They understood that we were called to be different and we were called to, in, in modern language, we were called to be strange. We're just weird. Because we're different. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit makes us different. And we need to stop trying to be like the world. We need to be what God made us to be, and that is different. We need to be holy. 
The second aspect that we find here about the church is that the church is universal. See, the Greek word for church is iglesias or iglesia. And it is used frequently to refer to the, the local bodies. Every time Paul wrote a letter, he wrote it to a specific congregation, a separate iglesia. See, we are a local congregation. We, as Crestview Baptist Church, are an iglesia. We are a church. Poplar Springs, Calvary, Bowling Springs Baptist, Pleasant Ridge. We are all local congregations. We are all the church. But then, this word also is used to refer to the body of Christ, to the church, in a much larger sense. Look at Ephesians 1, <coughs> verses 19-23. through 23. And what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. See, right there, where it says, in this age and the age to come, right now, we, through the mercies of God, have been bought with a price, have been sealed but we're all going to die at one point. When we die, does that mean that this church dies? No. There's going to be future generations that make up this church. It's not just us here and now. And you see the, that the church is the body of Christ and Jesus Christ is the head. It just said that. But let's look at some more verses that talk about the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12, For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Then Ephesians 5, 22-23 Wives, be subject to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, He Himself being the Savior of the body. In Colossians 1, 17-18, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. And He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. 
But Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And when it talks about the church in this aspect, it's not talking about the local congregation, but it's talking about the universal church. You see, the body of Christ breaks through every division. This is where the problem runs into with those that believe that the church does not exist outside of the local congregation. There are more churches than we can count. More local congregations. Not only here in our state, in our county, but in our country, in the world. And each one of those churches are part of the body of Christ. The members of those churches. Those that truly believe in Jesus Christ and have accepted Him as their Savior. They are all part of the body of Christ. See, the body of Christ breaks through every division. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Who does it say God loved? You guys can talk louder than that. Who does it say that God loved? The world. Does it say that He only loved the people in Cleveland County? Everybody. Does it say He only loved... And this is one that people will get... Does it say that He only loved white people? Does it say that He only loved skinny people? I'm thankful for that. Does it only say that He loved people that were healthy? Does it say that He only loved people that had money? No. The world. That excludes everybody. Everybody has the ability to come to Christ. Everyone. Jesus died for them. And they have the, the opportunity to accept that, Him as their Savior and be baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Now look at this next verse. 1 Corinthians 12.13 For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free and we were all made to drink of one spirit and then back to the verses that I originally read in Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 look at who makes up this multitude after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from where? Every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands and they cried out with a loud voice saying, Salvation 
is in God and to the Lamb. Every nation, every people, every tribe, every tongue. See, the idea of the universal church is that it's not just now. All those that died before us make up the body of Christ. All those believers, all those in the Old Testament that followed God and were obedient and had faith in God, looking for the fulfillment of the promise. The Bible says that their faithfulness was counted to them as what? Righteousness. They make up the body of Christ. All those, the disciples, the apostles, all of those, the 250 that gathered around in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit, they make up the body of Christ. Those 3,000 that were added to the church on the day of Pentecost, they make up the body of Christ. All of those, the Philippian jailer that fell down and said, I want what you've got. He and his family make up the body of Christ. All those that were converted by the preaching of Paul and led to the Lord by the ministry of Paul and the other apostles, they make up the body of Christ. All of those through the ages that gave their lives over to God through Jesus Christ make up the body of Christ. Every one of us that truly believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior make up the body of Christ. And all those that come after us make up the body of Christ. That is what it says when we say that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, that we believe in the Universal Church, is that God is not bound by time or space. And that salvation is to anyone who will accept it. And we are the ones that make up the church. The body of Christ. And then the third and final thing, aspect of the church is that the church is a communion of saints. This is a spiritual bond like no other. Parents and children have a special bond. Husbands and wives have a special bond. But the bond between brothers and sisters in Christ, the spiritual bond between the saints is something that is completely different. See, John 17, 20-23, Jesus is praying for His disciples. Not only the disciples that He's dealing with there, but those that are to come. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in Me through their Word, that they may all be one, even as You, Father, are in Me and I in You, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that You sent Me 
The glory which you gave me, have given me, I have given to them, and they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, and they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. Then Acts 2.42 they, will, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Talking about that first church. And then Acts 3.32, And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And then Romans five or Romans twelve four and five. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one in body or one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. See that bond that brings us together is a bond that is different than anything. It is the bond that we receive through the Holy Spirit. It is the one that enables us to love each other. It is the, the bond that allows us to bear one another's burdens. It is the bond that allows us to hurt when you, each other hurts. It is a bond that is different than any other type of bond. Because it is a bond on a totally different level than any other bond. It is the bond that allows us to go somewhere else and worship Jesus Christ. It is a bond that allows churches with different pastors and different song leaders and different styles of worship to come together and worship. You know, at Lisa's funeral a, couple, a week or so ago, there was three or four churches represented there in the choir. They weren't all Baptist churches either. <gasps> there was a Methodist church that was represented there. And those people that came together came together in one spirit. And when they sung that song, I told them it was a good thing they sang that song after I spoke or I'd still be up there preaching because it sent chills through me. The Spirit moved in them. That is the bond. That is the work of the Holy Spirit that allows us to come together as saints of God. Those that have been set aside. Those that are strange and weird to the world. That they, we are able to come together and worship the one God. The one Spirit. And the one Savior.
And the last point I want to make, the church, the body of Christ, is not confined by time, distance, divisions, or even death. Romans 8, 37-39 says this, But in all these things we are overwhelmingly conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Galatians 3, 26-29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. So church, please understand that this part of the creed that says we believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints, it does not mean the Roman Catholic Church. It does not mean the Unitarian Universalist idea of all things being equal. It does not mean that we pray to those that have died. It does not mean that we commune in any way with those that have died. What it does mean is that every person that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior throughout time, throughout place, are all part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is universal in that anyone that accepts Jesus Christ is part of that body of Christ. And that we all have a bond that allows us to fellowship commune, bear one another's burdens with each other. It also means this, is that when we get to heaven, we're going to gather around the throne with everybody past, present, and future. And what are we going to do? We're going to have the biggest worship that has no end and has no beginning, we're just going to be there worshiping and we're going to be there worshiping with all of those that have gone on before us and that will come after us in the name of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. That is the communion of saints. That means that when we're joined there at the foot of the throne, we're going to be joined by Don Kahn. We're going to be joined by Bruce Bridges. We're going to be joined by J.C. Sanders. We're going to be joined by Melissa. We're going to be joined by all of those. My dad, my mother-in-law, 
All of those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they are going to be there at the foot of the throne. That is the bond that is like no other. That is what we're saying when we say that we believe this. The holy Catholic Church, the holy, the, the holy Church of God. And the communion of saints. That is what we believe. If God is moving in you today and He's leading you to do anything, don't leave this place today before you be obedient to God. It doesn't matter what it is. If God is telling you to pray, if He's telling you to go talk to somebody, if He's telling you that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, do not leave today without doing that. As we stand and sing this song, that is the invitation to everyone here. Do whatever God's calling you to do today. Would you stand as we sing hymn 387, Blessed Be the Tie, 387.
thank you so much for being here. Um, hope God spoke to you today. I'm going to ask Larry, Doug is out of town, but I'm going to ask Larry if he will come and dismiss our service and open up our business meeting.